and welcome. I'm Rabbi Nachomath with the Las Vegas Kollel. In the early 1980s, there was a young physician in Australia named Barry Marshall. Now, he was an average doctor at an average hospital. Nothing special about Barry Marshall. He was a GI. A lot of his patients had stomach ulcers. Now, what caused stomach ulcers? Conventional wisdom tells us that, that stomach ulcers, they're caused by stress. Stress causes stomach ulcers, right? Barry Marshall began to notice something very interesting. He noticed early on in his career that there was a strong correlation between patients who had stomach ulcers and for them testing positive for the bacterial infection for the bacteria H. pylori. After a while, he began to theorize. Maybe it's not just correlational. Maybe it's causational. Maybe H. pylori actually caused stomach ulcers. Now, that was a revolutionary way of thinking. Number one, the human stomach is filled with very powerful and potent acids. It's a completely inhospitable environment for bacteria to live. And number two, and more importantly, that's just not what conventional wisdom said. Stress causes stomach ulcers, not bacteria. Typically, stomach ulcers, they're not such a big deal. But on occasion, it can be very, very dangerous. There's a strong link between stomach ulcers and stomach cancer. And for some patients who have real extreme cases, they have to have surgery, and in some cases, the patients have to have their stomachs removed. And in real extreme cases, sometimes patients will die. Barry Marshall realized there might be a very simple solution. Let's just prescribe some very basic antibiotics and we can solve all of these problems. The problem was is that Barry Marshall was an average doctor at an average hospital, and he couldn't get any funding to research his theory. Barry Marshall was out of ideas, and he was out of options, right? There's an incredible verse, chapter 9 in the Book of Numbers in Sefer Devarim. It's the first year after the Jews have left Egypt, and a few weeks away is going to be the holiday of Passover. It's going to be the first Pesach, the first time that the Jews will have the opportunity to commemorate their exodus from just a few months earlier. And God speaks to Moses and he tells them it's going to be the first Passover. And here are the laws how to celebrate Pesach. And one of the laws is one that is, was that everyone had to bring the Pesach offering, the Paschal Lamb. Now, one of the laws of the Paschal Lamb is that a person has to be ritually pure. A person has to be tahor to bring the Paschal Lamb. What that means is that if someone were to be in contact with the dead, if someone had to handle a corpse, they then become tame, they're ritually impure, and they wouldn't be allowed to bring the Pesach offering. Moses tells the Jewish people this new law, and he explains the mitzvah to the entire nation. The verse then says that a couple of folks approach Moshe, and they say, Lama nigara, how come we should be left out? We were dealing, we were in contact with the dead, we had come in contact with a corpse, we're now tame, we're ritually impure, and now we're not able to participate in bringing that Paschal lamb and being involved in that Pesach service. Lama nigara, why should we be left out? Moshe takes their complaint to God, and God comes back and he says, I'm going to introduce a new mitzvah, a new commandment in the Torah called Pesach Sheni, the secondary Passover. If a person is ritually impure, if a person is tamay, or there's some other unforeseen circumstance, and a person is not able to participate in the Paschal Lamb, not able to bring the Pesach offering in its prescribed time, so a month later, a person can participate in Pesach Shady, the secondary Passover, and a person can bring that Paschal Lamb, a person can be involved in that Pesach offering.
Rashi, one of the classic commentaries, points out such an interesting observation. All the other mitzvahs in the Torah, we don't have a backstory. There's no background. How did that mitzvah come into being? Rather, God tells Moses, tell the Jewish people, here's a mitzvah. Yet we find in this situation, there's a backstory. You had these people, they were tummy, they were ritually impure. They go to Moshe and they say, we've got a problem. How do we solve the problem? Moshe speaks to God, God gives a solution. Why is that? Rashi tells us, We give merit through those who are meritorious. The idea that I believe Rashi is highlighting is, these folks had a problem. They wanted to participate in the mitzvah. They wanted to be a part of the Passover service, but they couldn't. Now, what they could have done is just said, well, look, we're impure, we're tame, we can't participate, and they could have stayed at home. But that's not what they did. Rather, what did they do? They had the courage to stand up and speak to Moshe and say, we've got a problem. Are there any solutions? They raised their concerns. They didn't just stay home and say, we're out of options, there's nothing we can do. Rather, they took the initiative. We've got a problem. We seem to be out of options. Let's see if maybe there's one other option out there. They had the courage to go before Moshe and say, Lama nigara, why should we be left out? Maybe there's some other options. Maybe you can speak to God and maybe there's some way out of this jam. That's an important lesson. And isn't it interesting? Who were these people? The Torah doesn't tell us. They're just anonymous people. The Torah is highlighting such an important lesson. Anonymous people can make big differences in the world if we have the courage to step forward and solve a problem and not just say, I'm out of options. Having the strength and courage to realize even though there don't seem to be many options, I'm still going to try to figure it out. If we have that courage, that fortitude to come forward, sometimes we can solve big problems. Barry Marshall was out of options. There was nothing for him to do. He didn't have any research grants to go ahead and try to see if indeed ulcers are caused by a bacterial infection. Frustrated, one night Barry Marshall decided he was going to scan his stomach. And lo and behold, he was able to confirm his stomach was free of H. pylori. He then did the unthinkable. He took a Petri dish that was swimming with that bacteria and he drank it. An entire Petri dish filled with H. pylori. Sure enough, the next day, his stomach begins hurting. He begins throwing up, vomiting. He gets a fever, and he does an exam, and lo and behold, what happens? He finds two things. Number one, he's got all sorts of H. pylori swimming around in his stomach, and number two, he has the beginning of a stomach ulcer. He proved, beyond the shadow of a doubt, H. pylori causes stomach ulcers. His wife complained and said, honey, what are you doing? So he immediately took antibiotics, got rid of that H. pylori, and he was cured. His ulcers went away. That became the launching point for a revolution. And today, it's standard practice. Ulcers are treated by antibiotics. And Barry Marshall won the Nobel Prize in 2005. Now, I'm not advocating for you at home to go ahead and start drinking Petri dishes filled with bacteria. But what I am advocating is to realize sometimes when we've got problems, we need to have the courage, even if we're just anonymous, average people, recognize average people can make huge differences. They can create a huge change in classic medical thinking. They could win Nobel Prizes and they can create new mitzvahs in the Torah. We need to have the strength, we need to have the courage to realize little old me, average old me, we can make massive differences in the world.